Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Jihei Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. Jihei, how are you doing, my friend? You know what? It is a beautiful Tuesday. I'm super excited. I'm excited for you guys um, for game number one. Yeah. You know, depending on where you're tuning in, it's kind of like interesting. I you know, just to give you a behind the scenes, you know, we're on a different time. So, uh, you know, 530 tip Pacific, Brandon, by the way, that'll be very interesting for those weekday games in Los Angeles. What the opening tip crowd is like, but generally speaking, Brandon, how are we feeling before game one? Oh, uh, feeling great. We'll see what happens. Got to steal one uh, in Denver. Very tough to play in that altitude. That's why they got there a couple days early to train. Um, and look, the Nuggets are no joke. They're 36 and six at home, including the playoffs. They don't lose at home. Both teams are six and zero, by the way, at home this postseason. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Can the Lakers do it? Can they step up? I feel like this is the game to do it. Game two is just going to get tougher. No, no doubt about it. Their um, their plan, really, this entire postseason has been to steal home court advantage in game one. They did it against Memphis, won game one. They did it against the Warriors, won game one. If they could do it again, kind of following that pathway of you win game one, you handle what you got to do at home, take a 3-1 lead and close, close it out in six. So we'll see if that... Uh, blueprint continues. Uh, the big story on Tuesday was the Philadelphia 76ers firing Doc Rivers. Not surprising. Again, we talked about this on the show on Monday. Um, Doc, yes, he won the, the championship in 2010 with the Celtics, led them to two NBA finals. But when you look at his track record, um, zero and 10, I think, in game sevens and Seven times lost a 3-2 or 3-1 series lead. Brandon, I'll start with you. And again, in in uh, the next segment, we're going to bring on our good friend Grant Mona. Again, Grant, longtime Clippers fan, knows firsthand losing a 3-1 series lead. It happened twice with the Clippers with Doc before he was let go. In this situation, Brandon, 3-2 series lead, has the chance to close it out at home does not, and I think we all thought if, if if Doc once again lost a 3-2 series lead, he would likely lose his job. Certainly when you get blown out in that Game 7, uh, it was going to be very hard for him to come back. Brandon, were you surprised when you heard the news today? Doc Rivers, no longer the head coach of the Sixers. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, again, great human being, great person, but you know the, his track record in big games is far from ideal. Um, the only coach to lose 
I don't know how many game sevens it is, uh, or when he was previously leading three to two or three to one. Uh, it's happened multiple times. Um, and look, he's living off of that championship with Boston. And that was a great, he, he did a great job that year. And of course, he's in the Hall of Fame because of that. And he's a great regular season coach. His teams are always guaranteed to win like 50 games in the regular season, right? Like does his job. But when it comes to in-game adjustments, um, you know, game on the line. And a lot of it is his players. And again, with this specific 76ers team, not 100% off fault. I mean, James Harden doesn't show up in big games. He hasn't in the past. Joel Embiid disappeared in game seven. That's not on Doc Rivers. And then he showed no accountability in the presser. I mean, a lot of that isn't on Doc Rivers. So I will give him some leeway with that. What I will say is game six is why I think he got fired. Lack of adjustments. They were leading the star player on the Celtics. Duke legend Jason Tatum was, what, four out of 18, five out of 19 going in, going into that fourth quarter. And they let him get 16 points and outscore them himself. No adjustments were made then. Game seven really wasn't as much of his fault, more so on James Harden and Joel Embiid for not showing up. Um, but I do I do think that the firing uh, entails some a bigger name, perhaps Monty Williams. I think he'd be a good coach for the 76ers. Jihei, as a Clippers fan, you've seen Doc um, blow a 3-1 series lead twice. It happened against Houston, and then again, it happened in the bubble against Denver. Um, you know, he, he was brought in to change the culture of the team. He was brought in to get that team past round two. Could not do it. Um, again, I, I really think the, 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 the story with Doc is he'll get you right to the cusp of where you need to go Except for one time with the Celtics, he got them over the hump. He got them that championship. Were you surprised, Jihei? Absolutely not. I don't think anybody is really in shock, especially Clipper fans. Um, and I'm sure Grant will solidify this once he comes on in the next segment. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a long time coming. I mean, I think they gave him a lot of chances in order to prove that he could be, you know, that that coach of old, right, um, with with the Celtics. And I think, I mean, many teams have given him that opportunity. So I, I'm just, I am wondering what's next. Like, who would actually still give him a chance? Because this is now a proven record for him. This is a proven thing for him that, I mean, if you can't win with some of the talent that you have, I mean, can you win at all? I mean, yeah. making the playoffs is great. I'm not going to sit there in front of that. Making the playoffs is great. It's hard. Like you said, he's a great regular season coach. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not about the regular season. You know, yay, good for you having a great record. Boston is um, on vacation right now. The Boston Bruins are on vacation right now, and they had the most wins in a season. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much you win in the regular season. All that matters is the post, right? So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm just concerned about what's what's going to be his future. Where 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 is he actually going to go after this? Is anybody going to give him a chance after this? Because in my opinion, it's a great point. If, if your record is yeah. what you say it is, yeah. If your record is what you say it is, then does he deserve another chance? Yeah, I mean, well, you, I, yeah, yeah, it real quick, because here's the thing with Doc, it depends on where you are with the Clippers. Again, you have to remember when he came to the Clippers, he came to the Clippers from the Celtics. When he came to the Clippers from the Celtics, he was at that point thought of as this amazing coach. 
led the Celtics to the NBA Finals. Two, I say, sorry, led the Celtics to two finals, one championship. Just a, thought of as a great coach. It, that 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 it began to change a little bit with the Clippers, and again, then you start to combine what happened with the Celtics and Orlando, and it's like, wow. Now, when you look at the totality of what he's done, again, he's lost ten game sevens. And he's lost seven series when he's had either a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead. So, Brandon, I'm trying to figure out what team is going to hire Doc as the coach. Because, again, if you're a really bad franchise that hasn't made the playoffs, maybe you hire Doc to be, all right, let's, let's at least get to the playoffs. Let's at least get to the first round. That'll be a success for us. But if you're trying to get your team from good to great or from great to a championship, He's not the guy. Absolutely. I think you hit it right on the money. I can see teams like, I know the Pacers just hired Carlisle, but Pacers is a team that has going to have a top, you know, perhaps top five pick. We'll find out today. By the way, I'm more excited for that. Uh, maybe just as excited for that as the Laker game, uh, even though I'm a Laker fan. I'm not as worried about the Laker game. I kind of want to see who's guaranteed almost the championship. That's how good Victor, Victor Wembanyama is if you build the right team around him. <laughs> So going to be interested to see what happens with that. This will be airing after that um, in some places. Uh, now, going back to Doc, I think Charlotte's a good place for him. Uh, yeah. They want to develop LaMelo, LaMelo Ball. They haven't been to the playoffs in forever. Um, they're going to have a top five pick, probably. Uh, at least a lottery pick, right? At the very least, you're getting another young player. They want to you know, improve their record. That's a good place for him. Right. I mean, Atlanta, yeah. if they didn't have Quinn Snyder. That's a good place for, even though he lost to Atlanta in that, in that, uh, after the three, two series lead, um, you know, uh, not Toronto because they've been to the playoffs, but perhaps a team right on the bubble. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams, Orlando, perhaps, you know, what? he would help he Orlando loves, a lot. He loves Orlando, Brandon. He still has a home in Orlando. He loves to golf in Orlando. And you go back to the one year, I think doc only won the coach of the year once. He took over a Orlando team that was thought to be the worst team in the league. And he won coach of the year. I think he was one game below 500. But the fact of the matter is he took a team that was expected to be the worst in the league, basically got them to 500. That's where Doc is successful. Doc, I think, is a coach that if you, if, if you put him around a young group of guys, if you take him and put him on a team that hasn't won, a team that is not successful, that's not expected to, to do much. I promise you, Doc will get the most from that team. He'll take a group of young players, help develop them. But where Doc is, again, not successful is, and again, I, I hate to say this because he's done it. He, he, I mean, you, you can't ever take away the fact that he did win a championship. But... When you look at his what he's done track record-wise in Game 7s, and when he's had a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead, it's tough to overcome that. But to your point, and when we go through the teams that Doc could go with, I think Doc would be the perfect coach to go to a young team, a team not expected to contend, a team not expected to win much. I promise you Doc will get the most from that team. Absolutely. And by the way, the Magic were competitive all year. They had about 34 wins. They're going to add another lottery pick. They got, you know, Duke guy, Paolo Monchero. They got Franz Wagner is pretty good from Michigan. Um, and just a, a loads of young ta talent, by the way. Jonathan Isaac hasn't even came back from his injury fully yet. 
Um, you know, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, who knows, you know, Doc Rivers could be the perfect guy to develop a point, a young point guard like that. I think that's probably Orlando's the, and by the way, people forget, um, Austin Rivers, Orlando high school basketball legend, the best (laughs) Orlando high school basketball player in the history of time. Um, so, and again, GA, the Duke connection, um, but, uh, (laughs) you know, um, so maybe it brings in Austin, maybe mentor Paolo a little bit. I, I know Austin's a veteran, can still shoot a little bit. I know it's kind of unscrupulous having your son on an NBA team, but he can actually play basketball and is a good person and a hard worker. So I don't know. I think Orlando's the perfect the perfect place for Mirage. I mean, the team that has 34 wins, they could, yeah. with Doc Rivers as their coach, they could, they could have 46 wins next year. You the know? interesting thing is I've never seen a summer where you've had this amount of quality head coaches in terms of when you, you when generally speaking, if you look at the coaches available, you're looking at, you know, top assistants, guys who've been, you know, um, kind of on the market for a few years. You have multiple championship coaches. You have Frank Vogel. You have Nick Nurse. You have uh, Mike Mike Budenholzer, Doc Rivers, Monty Williams, uh, GA. Like we've again, if you're in the market for a head coach, we've never seen this uh, this uh, pool before. I mean, the number of great coaches available is unheard of. Yeah, this is insane. Um, the the amount that that is happening right now, I. I feel like it's a richness in the, in the NBA right now that is very overlooked. So we'll we'll see what happens with some of these guys and where they end up. No, it's it's it's, it's really um, one of those situations where um, you know these coaches are available for a variety of reasons. Either they they took the coach right to uh, you know they, they they took these teams right to the cusp. But they couldn't get them like over the hump, right? And so it's one of those things where uh, a different situation can help them. With Nick Nurse, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I think Mike Budenholzer is one of the best coaches. So in a different situation, I think these guys could be successful. And it's one of those things where you know Nick, like if you're gonna rank the guy, if you're gonna rank the coaches, and let's all rank them real real quick. I mean, I would have. Mike Boonholes are close to the top of the list because the Milwaukee Bucks were the number one seed. The, the Milwaukee Bucks over the past few years have, have been the number one seed in the league. Now, it says something when they can't get over that hump, right? When they're, when they're you know, best record in the league. He did take them to a championship. So, A, he's at the regular season success, and he's won a championship. If you're a GM, Brandon, I'll start with you, and then a GA. Give me your uh, top five, or get, who is the coach you would want to hire? You want to start with me or G? Hey, I, I didn't hear you. You, Sorry, cut off. Brandon, 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 got Brandon, you. Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Got, got you. My apologies. Um, I would say Monty Williams is the top coach. Uh, I know he hasn't won a championship, and Rafi have an excellent point. Nick Nurse has won a championship. Um, you know. Mike Boonholzer won a championship. Frank Vogel won a championship. All very difficult things. People don't realize how hard it is to win a championship. You know, Damian Lillard may never get a championship, right? I think Monty Williams, we won 64 games for the Suns a few years ago in a roster that I didn't think, as good as it was, did not uh, deserve to win 60 games. I mean, they had Booker. You know, Paul was still was still himself. Um, you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton was still, you know, good at basketball. No offense to DeAndre Aiden. I hope he improves this offseason. 
Um, and then I know we lost a couple of three, two series leads, uh, you know, the game seven against Dallas. Um, and then this year it wasn't a three, two series lead, but he lost in the second round. Uh, it's not his fault. His team didn't have depth. I think he's an excellent defensive coach. So is Frank Vogel, by the way, and so is Nick Nurse. But I would rank Monty one just on the potential I see as a two-way coach and leading a team to a championship. I would rank Monty one. I would rank Nick Nurse two. And I know Nick Nurse didn't do an excellent job initiating offense for the Raptors the past couple of years. A lot of stagnant offense that wasn't moving well. A lot of that's not on him. I mean, Scotty Barnes, they're trying to get him to shoot. He's a 30% three-point shooter, right? Guys like that. But I would rank him, too, because of his defensive acumen. Mike Kuhnholzer, three. Just won a championship uh, a couple of years back. I know he had some late-game mistakes, but this is a guy that lock it in if you if you give him the right team. can get you 60 wins every year, right, in a deep, hopefully a deep postseason run. And then four, uh, Frank Vogel. So I think those are the five Doc Rivers. Yeah. GA? Wow, you're still giving Doc a chance? Well, I, I mean, he's five out of five out of those championship coaches that have won a championship, right? I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I He is, numbers don't lie, but when was that championship, Brandon? Yeah, yeah I was about nine years old when he won his last yeah. championship, right? But wasn't yeah. that 2008? I, I mean, eight, I think 2007, 2008 season. Yeah. It's been a minute, Yeah, it was man. 2008. And how old are you now? <laughs> 24 I'm, I'm just saying that's a lot of time to not be winning a title um it's just it's, it's such a huge gap right like so the game has completely 180 i don't even think was steph curry even a thing back when he was coaching but the game has changed so much with with Doc. I'm just not, I'm just not on that level. That um, maybe he needs some time off. You know, maybe he needs a well, gap year. I think that's why Orlando's good. Orla- Orlando's good for his self esteem. He's probably yeah. very sad that he's blown all these leads. He 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 does his best work, by the way, getting young teams like Ross and I said to the next level. I think that's a perfect fit if he's willing to coach. I can totally see him retiring. He's already in the Hall of Fame. You know, so yeah, but yeah, you yeah, you no, rank fifth, Hey, out of all the championship coaches, because I think I Frank mean, can coach defense better than him. No, I I absolutely agree. I think that I feel horrible that Frank Vogel hasn't gotten um, another chance to coach in the in the NBA. Um, I, I think my other issue though is that obviously these are like these are dependent on the team that you're you're sending this guy to, right? Sending these coaches to because there is a cultural change. And I think what Darvin Ham did with the Lakers um, is a huge testament to that, right? Because Frank, maybe um, Coach Vogel definitely changed the culture defensively. Um, but I don't think he relates to those guys. Darvin Ham relates to those guys. He talks to them like, like those are his boys, right? So I think like the as far as like culture is concerned, that would be a great change um, for younger teams for Doc Rivers. I, I think Doc... He, he can definitely change at least, you know, their mentality of like, this is going to be a winning franchise now. And we're definitely going to uh, quote unquote change the game. But, uh, oh man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if you give him that chance automatically just yet. I think you let him stew for a little bit in my personal opinion, um, just because if numbers are numbers and track records are track records, like I just, I don't know. I just don't trust him 
at this current moment in time just yet. Just me personally. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a wonderful coach. Um, but yeah, I just don't trust him personally. I would definitely give Nurse at the top of that list. Um, what yeah. he's had to deal with and, and be around and everything, I give him, um, I, I would put him at that top of the list. I mean, I'd want him as my coach. So, yeah, well, uh, um, I, I think. Yeah. No, and, but, yeah. and by the way, I, I think with the number of coaches available, this is one of those situations where you might see certain coaches leave or get fired because of the coaches that are available. One name that we'll talk to Grant Mona about is Ty Lu. Not that the Clippers would fire Ty Lu, but I think certain teams are going to try to hire Ty Lu. And if that's the situation, you know, what are the musical chairs there? You know, who would the Clippers want and allow Ty Lu to leave for? Does that mean the Clippers, again, who need draft picks, right? Because of that Paul George uh, deal, they, they, they would certainly maybe uh, part ways with Ty Lue for a first round pick and then maybe uh, get one of these big name coaches available. Again, the musical chairs with the head coaches in the league, we've never seen anything like this. So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, you just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right. Joining us now on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, our good friend, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Doing well. Um, I haven't been fired yet, so <laughs> I know a lot of coaches are. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of firings. There's going to be a lot of movement in the offseason, but... I think one thing remains, though, is that the Lakers could win their third straight game one today. Yeah, listen, I mean, this is how they've uh, stolen home court advantage. They have not been favored in their three playoff series. They have not had home court in their three playoff series. However, in the first two against the Grizzlies and against the Warriors, they did win game one, stole home court, went on to take a 3-1 series lead and close it out in six at home. We'll see if that blueprint follows too. But as you mentioned, Grant... We began today with the news of Doc Rivers being fired by the Orlando Magic. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe Doc is now, uh, he has lost 10 Game 7s, and he is 0-7, or lost seven times when he's had a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead 
Those numbers are staggering because generally speaking, a coach is not going to get to a point where he gets to that to that n- number. Again, if, if you've lost five or six game sevens, you don't have another chance. If you've lost two or three, three, one or three, two series lead, you don't get a chance. You know, people love Doc. Again, I, I, I wonder where he'd be career wise if he didn't get that one championship with the Celtics. He did. Can't take that away from him. That being said, uh, were you surprised when you heard Doc was fired as head coach of the Sixers? I'm absolutely not surprised, but I am surprised that there is a lot of people around media saying that he shouldn't have been fired. I mean, I think he should have been fired after last year, not even this year. I mean, he, like you said, lost his last 10 elimination games. Trust me, I know I'm a Clippers fan. We lost a lot of elimination games. Um, There's just something about his coaching style. I think Rashid Wallace brought this up in a podcast recently where he said that he just doesn't make adjustments. And I can kind of see that where he just lets his stars ride out. And that's what we saw in that game six. And I mean, game six and seven was mostly on Harden and Embiid for not, you know, coming through in the clutch and not, you know, performing up to that star uh, manner. But uh, there has to be something with Doc Rivers that players just don't get up for those big games. I mean, maybe he doesn't, he's not as much of a motivator. I mean, we see coaches such as Darvin Ham. He's such a big motivator. His words go very long in that locker room. They go very far. I mean, you know, say what you want about Darvin Ham and his X's and O's, but he really knows how to get his guys going for big games. That's why they've won. I mean, it's not the main reason, but that's why they've won two game ones in this playoff series alone. So, um, look, Doc Rivers, I don't know what, what's next for him. Maybe an assistant job, maybe the front office, but he was not a very good GM as well for the Clippers when he was a GM head coach. Um, so I, I don't know which team it could go to. A lot of teams right now are looking for younger, more analytical coaches. Um, you know, Nick Nurse and, and, and Monty Williams are, are probably the, the, the two veterans that a lot of people want. But for Doc Rivers, I mean, I did not, I was not surprised to see this. Um, I thought it should have been done earlier, honestly. But um, I think it's best for the Sixers. They needed a change. I don't think that James Harden leaves now. Um, there was a report that came out that, you know, Jar- James Harden didn't like playing for Doc Rivers. I don't know how true that is. It seems like they got along pretty well. But um, yeah, I think this is a little bit overdue, but it, it was the right move. Here's the thing. I believe, and we talked about this in segment one, Doc Rivers is the perfect coach. If you have a young team, if you have a team with no expectations, if you're a below 500 team, Doc can get the most from that team. I'll give you an example. The one coach of the year that he did win, he took over an Orlando Magic team that was projected to be the worst team in the league. He got them to about 500. In fact, I think they may have been a game below 500. He won coach of the year just because of of the job he did. I think if there's no expectations, if you got a young team, Doc can build a culture where they do make the playoffs and there's no expectations. So you get, if you lose in round one, who cares? He's not the coach if you've got the best team in the league. Again, he did it one time with the Celtics. So don't want to take that away. Except for that one time, he falls short of the expectations. Brandon mentioned the Orlando Magic. Why I think that's a perfect fit is Doc still has a home there. He loves it there. He golfs there. Uh, he's had success there. Grant, when you look around the league, and I, and I just believe with Doc's personality and his cult of personality, maybe, you'll have a job. Where's a good fit? Where do you think Doc could win or, or, or at least have some success at? 
You know, the, the magic thing is, is pretty interesting because, you know, Doc Rivers, I was saying earlier before we came on, is that in 1819, the Clippers did not have any expectations and they made the playoffs. They somehow made the eighth seed and took the Warriors to six games. Um, and that gave them actually another year when they got uh, Kawhi and Paul George. That was when they got the superstars. And after that, they didn't do too well. So, you know, like Brandon said, the, the magic, that is probably a good landing spot. I don't know what their stance with their coach is. I... I I don't know, you know, what I don't really follow them very closely in terms of knowing the front office and how they work, but it seems like they like that coach. Now, obviously, when you have a veteran presence like that and you're trying to win now, I feel like the, the Orlando Magic are trying to win now. They've had a couple years of rebuilding. They're going to get another high draft pick. This is probably the year where they say, okay, let's just go for the playoffs. They, they had a pretty good second half last year. So if you bring in a veteran presence, a guy that knows how to work a locker room like Doc Rivers, um, yeah, it could work. Um, but you know, like I'm saying, like a lot of the teams that are, you know, you, maybe the Charlotte Hornets, if they let go of Steve Clifford, but then again, you have a, a, a really bad roster there. Um, you know, if you get Webb and Yama, maybe that's attractive, but I think the magic, yeah, because they're one probably the one team that is looking to compete that wasn't competing last year. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon, as Brandon mentioned, I think a young team. Now you look through uh, the uh, championship coaches, uh, Grant. If you're if you're the uh, GM, you got Nick Nurse won a championship 2019. You got Frank Vogel won a championship in 20. You got Mike Budenholzer won a championship in 2020. Uh, it, it, can you rank the coaches? If you're a, if you're a GM and all these coaches would love to join your team, Grant, who's your top three? Who's your top four? Uh, I'm going to go with Monty Williams as one, just because Monty Williams, I don't know what he did wrong to deserve that. Um, it was not, uh, it was not his fault. It was the fact that they did not have depth. It was the fact that, you know, Katie and Booker were playing 40 plus minutes a game. Um, Monty Williams won coach of the year multiple times for a reason. Uh, he's, he's one of the best coaches out there in terms of relatability, in terms of X's and O's. I think he should be a number one. Nick Nurse won a championship. He's a very, very good mind, a very good basketball mind. Um, and his one thing is that maybe he runs his guys into the ground, but so does Tom Thibodeau, and Tom Thibodeau has some success in this league as well. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, I don't know what his his stance is. I don't know if he wants to coach right now. Um, he just had a death in his family, so I don't know if he wants to get right back into coaching. Um, but those are my probably my top three with Mike Budenholzer at three. Doc Rivers is probably four just because, look, he, he is a veteran coach and people like veteran coaches. I'm not a, a fan of his play calling or how he works teams, but I, I have to put him in there. But, yeah, probably probably Monty Williams and Nick Nurse at, at the top. Um, uh, maybe you can throw Sam Cassell in there just because yeah. he's had veteran experience as well. So, um, yeah, that's probably my top five. Yeah, and Grant, I, I don't know. You weren't obviously in the first segment, but I said Monty Williams won as well. I, I Again, I don't know what he did. I knew I know he the Game 7 last year against Luka. Was that on him? Was it really? I mean, he was on his players this year. No depth. I, I don't know what he did to do wrong. It's not his fault. He had two guys that could play basketball. Chris Paul was hurt and really was a fragment of himself before he got hurt making 30 mil. DeAndre Aiden making 32 million. Not much you can do when... You have four guys making 146 million, two of which are virtually not impactful. So I do expect him to be the lead guy that both the 76ers and perhaps the Milwaukee Bucks are looking at. Because I know Milwaukee, there's that report about 
Mark Jackson, but I doubt that's serious. <laughs> Everyone talks about Mark Jackson every year. Uh, and we know Mark Jackson's going to still be with Jeff Van Gundy next year and in the booth. He's not going to be coaching an NBA team. And just, I like Mike Mark Jackson, but the year he left, Steve Kerr got that seven seed to a one seed or eight seed to a one seed. So he's not coaching in the NBA. He doesn't have as good of a track record as these other guys. Um, again, Nick Nurse is a great coach, but Grant, I know it's going to be over, but uh, by the time some of some of you guys are listening, but lottery excited for today, huh? Oh yeah, are uh, you? <laughs> I'm I'm very excited. I just I hope that he goes to a team where he can he can show himself uh, on national TV. Like I don't want him going to the Hornets. Like I'd like to see him under uh, under Greg Popovich, or I'd like to see him on a very young core in in Houston, which they could be really good next year with Ime Udoka, yeah. with Webb and Yama and that core that they have, plus Detroit. I mean, Detroit has a great core as well. I'm excited for, this is like one of those generational talents that come around once in decades, right? So, um, you know, for, and, and that, it's not just that, but you have a guy, Scoot Henderson, that who, who at number two, maybe number three, because you, you got to do, you know, pick best for your team. Um you know, it, it's 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 a pretty good draft, and this draft lottery is going to be huge. It's one of the biggest draft lotteries I can remember, at least. All right, Grant, you may get your wish here, by the way. Okay, so one of the reports is Ty Lue, uh may, may be available. May be available. Uh, listen, I think if I'm the Clippers and you have this uh, array of coaches, and we talked about it, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Mike Boonholz, or Monty Williams, not Doc, but anyway. So you have all these coaches available if Milwaukee or Phoenix, and those are the two uh, teams we've heard, the, the Suns in particular, if the Suns are willing to part with the first-round pick, you know, and uh, you can have Ty Lue, well, I mean, basically a trade, right? I mean, so the Clippers would get Monty Williams, Ty Lue goes to the Suns. Uh, Grant, your thoughts on, you know, maybe Ty Lue being available and the Clippers having a change at head coach? Look, I, I, I kind of... I, I don't think that the Clippers are going to make a change a head coach. I know his name's being swirled around out there, but what I think this this is is leverage for a contract extension. That's really what I think this is by Ty Lue's camp, by Clutch. Um, he's now a part of Clutch, so they tend to do this a lot. Um, and Ty Lue, look, you can say what you want about him, and I've said a lot of bad things about him over the course of the year and his rotations and how he manages the team and, and, and minutes distribution. Um, but you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff in the playoffs, it wasn't his fault. The guys got hurt again. He actually performed really great in the playoffs. They had no reason being in any of those games in that first round. And Ty Lue did a excellent job in, at coaching in that first round. What else is he going to do without his two stars? I think, yeah. you know, it, it's not a, a thing of the Clippers wanting to let him go. I think it's maybe Ty Lue getting fed up with it, yeah. getting tired of not having his stars. This is Two out of four years, I think maybe even three out of four years, where they just didn't have their two best players. And how can you fault Ty Lue for that? Yes, the rotations were bad. Yes, the minutes distribution was bad. But it really wasn't on him that they got hurt. They got hurt. They do that all the time. So, you know, th this thing about his name being swirled around, I think that's just leverage for a contract extension. If it is, it's not the Clippers wanting to let him go. It's Ty Lue wanting to go. And... I don't think that he's going to be traded just like Doc Rivers was yeah. back in the day for, for a first-round pick or whatever it may be. Um, I think that the Suns have a lot of options that are just free agents out there in terms of coaching um, where they don't need to bring... I, I understand the appeal of Ty Lue being a coach on, on the, all these teams. He's a, he's a pretty good coach, um, yeah. you know, in the playoffs at least. So, 
Um, you know, I think it's just contract leverage. I think it's just Ty Lue, maybe himself getting tired of the situation there. But um, yeah, I don't think the Clippers want to let him go. Lawrence Frank already said that um, th- they want to keep him and that, that it's probably idiotic. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but idiotic uh-huh. to let him go at this point. Great. I think you're 100% right, though. You know, when I was talking to him at the press conference, it was... It was a first, so is, I think it's a two part frustration of like, oh my God, here we go again. I'm in the postseason. You know, this is his third, uh, I believe, postseason with the Clippers as the head coach. Uh, year one, you lose Kawhi when you get to the, you know, in round two. Uh, year two, you don't have Kawhi. You, you lose Paul George in a play in tournament situation. And then once again, you lose Kawhi and then you lose Paul George. And it's, so it's a two part thing. Like, I don't have my stars available when I need them. But it's also this like load management. I think that's not on him. They really, with the Clippers, give Kawhi and Paul George a lot of power. Uh, I think the front office, uh, you know, they. I think Ty Lue is told, hey, Kawhi is not going to play tonight or Kawhi is only going to play in the first half. And so there's a frustration there where it's like, I, I don't know what I have with these guys. So I think you're right. I think the Clippers know what type of coach Ty Lue is. But does Ty Lue want to be there? Um, long-term. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to loop you in here as well. If you're Lawrence Frank, I mean, is are the Clippers a head coach away? I mean, listen, I think the talent there is there. Like, I think if they're healthy, I think if the Clippers are healthy this year, they may be in the conference finals. They got Kawhi and they go, but they could never, they've never had, except for the bubble in 2020, they've never had a fully healthy team. Yeah, I think part of it is, um, you know, Ty Lue is an excellent coach when he's given less, if that makes sense. So if you got a bunch of role players on the court in Westbrook, like we saw, he can compete in a series against Booker and Durant. But if he's given Kawhi and George, I mean, what was his record with both of those guys on the court? It wasn't amazing. It was good, but it wasn't amazing with the whole roster. Um, and there's been some blunders in the past. I know some of that is attributed to health. I, I, If I'm Lawrence Frank, I'd move on from Ty Lue. I think he's lost the locker room. I think they're covering a lot of things up with players' disapproval of him. Um, I, I mean, I don't know for sure. Obviously, I'm not in the locker room, but I don't I don't think that Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue particularly like each other either. So I think this is a situation where you move on. You see a guy like Monty Williams and the Suns being interested in Ty Lue. Ty Lue would be a great coach for the Suns. Let him have him. Let, let them have him. See what happens. See what if he can actually win another championship. And if the Clippers can get Monty Williams, absolutely, you got to consider them uh, perhaps title favorites next year if they're healthy. But again, if uh, never bet on them because they haven't been healthy in the history of health, right? In the history of <laughs> NBA basketball, right? So I mean, like over the past couple of years, but uh, and, and- I think that swap is is good for both sides, honestly. Yeah, I just want to say something else is that. You know, a lot of the a lot of the, the problems with with his minutes distribution, the allocation is is that the, the roster construction just wasn't that good either. I mean, you got to fault Lawrence Frank for that a little bit too. When you have Marcus Morris on the roster, it was an older roster. You know, he gave Ty Lue these these older players. To, I mean, he gave Eric Gordon. I mean, you trade away Luke Kennard for Eric Gordon. That's that's not a good trade. Um, you know. The John Wall experiment, you could have got Hartenstein back in the offseason. You signed John Wall. That didn't work out. So it's not just on Ty Lue. That front office has made a couple of questionable moves for roster construction around the edges 
that really didn't work out either. So I'm not going to fault Ty Lue 100%. But yeah, you're right. If you can get Monty Williams and Ty Lue wants to leave, yeah, as a Clipper fan, I'd take that for sure. Before uh, we close out today, Grant, just because we have you again, we came into this season, the Dodgers, uh, you know, lost Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger didn't make any big moves. The San Diego Padres, all the chips in the center of the table. They're spending a ton of money. They're going to win the division. And here we are, the Dodgers, seven games up, first place. I know it's early in the season, but Grant and then Brandon, you chime in as well. I mean, are the Dodgers for real? Uh, you know what? They have the best record in the NL somehow. Um, after, you know, for me, I thought they would have 85 to 88 wins. And, I, you know, they went through a bit of a lull there in April. Um, but now they, they've kind of found their footing. I mean, Freddie Freeman's hitting great. They found something in James Outman that he's probably the rookie of the year leader um, right now. Uh, their pitching has has not been great, but it hasn't been bad either. They've kind of just put it together. Clayton Kershaw has been excellent this year. Um, they don't even have Walker Bueller this year, and they've kind of just put it together with some of their young arms. Their bullpen has, has started to get it together as of late. Um, they had a little bit of a hiccup yesterday, but look, they've won six in a row. Uh, they took five in a row against the Padres, who we all thought would be beating up on the Dodgers at this point. They have a much better roster. Um, I just think it, it goes to show that that coaching staff just knows kind of kind of knows what they're doing. I know Dave Roberts gets a lot of flack, but to have them in this spot Doc right Rivers. now, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. A lot of the MLB, you the Doc him. Rivers of the MLB. Yeah. They're both exactly, Doc, by so. the way. So Dave Dave Roberts's nickname is Doc as well. So yeah, yeah and it's exactly. crazy the similarities. Both both amazing human beings that choke in big games. I hate to say <laughs> it, but I mean it's like regular season coaches. Uh, we know what's going to happen to the Dodgers this year in the playoffs. Or maybe, maybe because no one's expecting it, <laughs> this is the year they actually win the World Series. It's possible because no one's expecting yeah, th- it. Yeah, I think their route is win less games and then win all those other games in the playoffs this I year like as that. opposed to the opposite. <laughs> yeah. You don't need a win over 100 games in the regular season. No one cares. I mean, there was nothing more that drove that home when the Dodgers, what did, the, what did they win the, the division by, like 20 games or something? The yes. Padres, so, and then... In a five, by the way, the five game division series just just nuts to me. I mean that that, that that's you know <laughs> their season is over that quickly after you know twenty game lead in the in the d- division. But real quick, so you do think this is sustainable? The way that they are winning, the way that they are playing, can this continue? Yeah, I just think that they have enough young arms and, and they have such a great farm system that if guys do go down, if guys aren't performing, they can bring them back up. Look, their outfield has not performed very well either, but they have guys that can fill those roles and they still have two superstars and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman with Will Smith playing as well as he is. So, yes, it is. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, they had no expectations about the Dodgers. I thought they would kind of like kick the can down the road and go after Brandon's guy, Shohei Otani, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe in this year where we don't expect anything from them, that is the year that they go all the way and win the World Series. All right, Grant, thank you so much. We'll have you back on soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.